This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy. And I am the minister here up at the North Valley Church of Christ here in Cave Creek, Arizona. And the weather's been great lately. Uh, I hope you're getting outside and I hope you don't have to wear a mask and you're able to breathe some fresh air. I know that there are times when you you just got to put the mask on whether you want to or not. Not that it's being forced, but, you know, it's just even if you think it does nothing at all or, or however you see it, uh, what I do is I put it on knowing that this makes other people feel a little safer. And if that can bring a little bit of unity for a moment, then I'm, I'm going to do it. But I'm uh, I'm a, not a mask person, I don't think. I know many say that, oh, the masks help and do work. But in my mind, as far as physics go, no, it does not. No matter if everyone wears it or not, I don't see how that that helps or works in holding back the virus. But that's just an opinion. You're probably thinking right now, what is this show about? Well, it's not about that. I apologize. I want to talk about a struggle. And yeah, we've been struggling, haven't we? For a long, long time. Um, But this struggle is uh, with our faith. A struggle with our faith. And everyone, if you're if you're a Christian, if you uh, subscribe to the the God of the of the Bible, the one true and only God, um, then you're gonna you you struggle with faith. Maybe or maybe maybe not. Maybe you're you're one of those who says, you know what, my faith is right here. Let's say you're you're gonna graph it out. You have this last year, my faith was right here at level twelve point four, and this year it's at twelve point four. My faith never changes. It doesn't have ups and downs. It's always been the same. On, on, and on. And I, if that's what you think or you hold to, well, I feel sorry for you. I hope my faith is changing. I hope it does go up and down. Uh, because that, that, that shows that my faith gets challenged, that I do have those bumps, and my faith gets me through things. And that's what James is talking about in James chapter 1 when he says re, uh, rejoice in, the trial, in your trials, because that gives you endurance, that grows your faith, that grows you in maturity when you get through it and you can see where your faith is at. On Wednesday nights, we're working through the book of Genesis and we're seeing the faith of Abraham, his ups and downs and how it helps him see things a little better. And today we're going to be looking at the book of Job, mainly at chapter 19 of the book of Job. I love this chapter because it uh, really shows us um, the mindset of Job. Uh, if you've ever read through the book of Job, you know it's it's full of cycles and speeches. And, and chapter 19 is the pinnacle of all the speeches and, and cycles in the book. And I want to start by reading for us the very end of chapter 19. I love this passage. And starting in verse 23, Job says this. He's ta- Remember, he's talking to his friends. I, I want to read this and then we'll go back and kind of give you an overview of the book of Job. Job writes, or says, Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. 
that with an iron stylus and lead, they were engraved in the rock forever. As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will take his stand on the earth. Even after my skin is destroyed, yet from my flesh I shall see God, whom I myself shall behold, and whom my eyes will see, and not another. My heart faints within me. If you say, how shall we persecute him? And what pretext for a case against him can we find? Then be afraid of the sword for yourselves. For wrath brings the punishment of the sword, so that you may know there is judgment. So that's Job talking to his friends. And he's pretty much telling his friends there, you better be careful what you're saying and judging me here for. Because that judgment will come back upon you. The, the, the life of Job that he deals with, oh, tough. The main point is Job maintains his faith in God in spite of the fact that he suffered greatly. His faith was challenged, and yet he held steadfastly to that faith. So I want us to talk a little bit about the challenges that Job faced. And then I want us to talk about our challenges. So what challenges did Job face? What, with reference to his faith. Well, he suffered extreme tragedy, right? <laughs> if you know anything about the book of Job, that goes without saying. But let, let's go back. Let's go back and, and think uh, about this a little bit. So in Job chapter 1, he loses his property. And that's just a simple way of saying what happened. Verse 19, or verse 14, I mean, he lost all his oxen and all his donkeys. And while a, a messenger who came and told him this, while he was still speaking, another messenger came, one of his servants, and said a fire from God, from heaven, came down and killed all the sheep, and I alone survived to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another messenger came. And while that, uh, uh, and he said that uh, the Chaldeans came and, and formed three bands and they raided the camels and took them all away, and I alone survived to tell you. And while he was still talking, uh, all these, uh, well, well, let me let me stop there for a second. So you got these. First, let's look at these three. These three came. They they pretty much told Job, "You lost everything, Job. All your property, all your resources, everything. You're pretty much broke. We just lost everything." And if that wasn't bad enough, while they were still speaking, a fourth messenger came and said, Look, your children, your sons, and your daughters were all eating at the eldest brother's house, and a great wind came and killed them all, and I alone survived. So he lost all his children. And you may think, Whoa, that is just the worst. But that's not it. Great grief comes along with that. And you may be thinking, Well, Chris, that goes along without saying. No, it, it shouldn't. Because that's different. That that shows that you. That's where we can sometimes fall into that downward spiral that we cannot get out of. Grief is a good thing if it's managed. And when you're facing the kind of things that Job is facing, that is that. Oh, you know, you got to remember that all this goes together, and it's just one thing after another. And then the grief sets in. It's like a heavy weight that could crush you. And he says in chapter one, verse twenty-one, this great line. Great attitude from Job. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He didn't blame God in, in any of this. He had great grief. 
But notice he, he has good perspective. He says, you know what? I didn't come in this life with anything, and I'm going to leave with nothing. The Lord has given me everything. It's been a blessing, but the Lord it belongs to the Lord, and he has taken it. But nevertheless, great is the Lord. He has given me these things for a while. But he has great grief. It doesn't end there. Chapter 2 says he lost his health. God allowed Satan to touch Job in the sense that he took away his health. So he, he starts with these great boils upon his body, all over his body, great itching. And, and it's not that kind of like, oh, man, I'm itchy. It's, it's bad. It's so bad. It says that the text tells us he took a piece of broken pottery as he sat in the ash and scraped his skin with it. Oh, that's horrible. Have you ever seen someone who went through a horrible health ordeal and just their appearance greatly changed? I've seen it too many times. You couldn't even recognize them. And this is what I see happening to Job. It's so bad. And furthermore, he had difficulty eating. According to chapter 3, verse 24, there were worms and running sores that he had. Chapter 7, there were, of course, nightmares that he experienced. Shortness of breath, chapter 19. Uh, the darkening of the eye, 1660. So he, he can't see well. An odorous breath. And I'm not talking about morning breath, but the kind of odorous breath that tells you that there's something wrong e- internally with him. There was a loss of weight in chapter 19. Great pain in chapter 30. The blackening of the skin, the peeling of it, chapter 30. He broke out in a fever, and all of that lasted for months. Months, according to chapter 7 and chapter 29. He had great health problems. He's lost all his possessions. He lost all his children. He was sitting there in grief, and at all that, he lost his health. And then, then that's not all. That's not it. His friends come in chapter 4. And you think, oh, that's a good thing, right? Because you know you, you need support at this time in your life. How many times do we know people who've lost a loved one or they, they lost uh, their home in a fire? And so we go there to be with them because they need that emotional support. But we need it. And Job's emotional support wasn't found in his wife who told him to curse God and die. So she's out of the picture. But here comes his friends. And for the first seven days... For the first seven days, he they sit there with him in, in this just quiet, not saying a word. That's the best work they've done. Best work they did because after that, it, it's all downhill. And, and uh, Job uh, expresses his gr- openness by opens up by expressing his grief. He wishes he had never been born. He wishes he had been stillborn. Wish he could die now. And uh, when that happens. That was more than his friends could take. So they begin at that point by saying, Job, you're suffering because you must have done something wrong. And so that begins the cycle of speeches and Job's responses at that point, uh, one after another. And what, the, uh, what Job's friends are, are ultimately doing are saying, Job, Job you, you did something wrong. And so they said, let me tell you about a wicked man. And describe a wicked man to you. So they would describe this wicked man. But the, what they're describing is pretty much what they're seeing in Job. They'll say things like, a wicked man is a man who loses his health. Uh, Job, are you losing your health? A wicked man is a man who's suffering. Job, are you suffering? A wicked man is a man who loses his children. Job, have you lost your children? 
on and on and on. Job, you must be a wicked man. And all through this, Job holds steadfastly to his his faith. Now, you and I, we have hindsight. We read chapters 1 and 2. We, we know the situation that happened up in heaven between God and Satan and what's happening. We know. The very first time I read the book of Job, I remember thinking, whoa, man, look at this. I cannot believe it. I can't wait to get to the end of this book to, when Job finds out all the truth and his friends find out the truth and all of this is rectified. And But Job never finds out. Job never finds out the truth, the full truth behind all. He doesn't know why any of this happened to him. That's crazy. But if he knew, then would there need be a need of faith there? There'd be no place for faith. The man never would have come forth you know, as gold purified by fire. The scriptures are wise in their reservation as in their revelation. Enough is revealed to make faith intelligent, and enough is reserved to, to give faith scope and development. And in this we repeat, and that in this lies the message of the book of Job. That, that there was an explanation, but that Job did not know it. Nor was he meant to know. He's suffering. His faith is being challenged. And Job didn't understand why. And he wasn't meant to know why. And that's the message of the book, that Job now must have faith. And that's what God wants you and I to see, that, hey, life isn't fair. That bad things are going to happen. You better have faith now ready to go. And in chapter 19 that we're going to be look, that we're looking at here, uh, uh, we see his struggles with his faith even to the point that he lashes out at God. Chapter 19, verse 7 through 10 says, Behold, I cry violence, but I get no answer. I shout for help, but there is no justice. He has walled up my way so that I cannot pass, and he has put darkness on my path. He has stripped my honor from me and removed the crown from my head. He breaks me down on every side, and I am gone, and he has uprooted my hope like a tree. That's, that's Job talking about God. And, and so you see him lashing out saying, God, look what you've done to me. I've done did Job did, uh, do wrong? Well, you know, yeah, yeah, he has. But he never gave up on his faith. He didn't understand what was happening. He was frustrated. He was upset. But he never buckled under the pressure. And so that's what Satan's trying to do. He's trying to show God, Satan is, hey, you're, these men, these humans, they're not, they're not going to uh, trust in you. You take this stuff away. You take away the hedge and they'll curse you. They'll buckle. But Job never did. He had faith. Often we suffer. Often we suffer in this life for seemingly no valid reason, right? We may be going through some great problem. Maybe it's unexplainable because we don't know why it happened. And before one crisis is over, we, we sail directly into another crisis and another problem. On and on and on. One thing after another. And just like Job, we face challenges to our faith. But I want us to, to talk more about the faith and the challenge. I like what uh, what Job says there in Job 19, 23 and 24. Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. That with an iron stylus and lead they were engraved in the rock 
forever. I love that passage. It's that ten, uh, uh, the pinnacle speech here. And, it, and what he's saying is here, what Job is saying pretty much is, mark my words. That's what he's telling his friends. Mark my words. I don't know what's going on here, but I know this much. I didn't do anything to cause God to do this. Write it down. Mark my words. I did nothing wrong. And I don't think God's punishing for me for my sin. And one, it's very soon you're going to see the truthfulness of what I've, I'm saying. Here's what Job's saying. And then verse uh, 25. As for me. I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will take his stand on the earth. Now we see that, we immediately think, ah, oh, he's speaking of Jesus. <sighs> I get why we think that. We even have a song about that. But he's not talking about Jesus. The word Redeemer simply means a defender or the deliverer. It's a common idea, you know, someone to deliver you from trouble. I know that my deliverer lives. Uh, When all is said and done, Job is saying, I trust that God will deliver me from my suffering, and God will do right by me. He's talking to his friends concerning his relationship between himself and God. Even in the bitterest of suffering, Job held steadfastly to his faith. And early in the chapter, he was lashing out at God, saying, God, look at what you've done to me. And in spite of all that, He knows he has a a redeemer. He knows he has a deliverer. And so this faith that he's expressing isn't some blind leap in the dark, but it it is a faith that relied upon evidence that he had witnessed in the past. Chapter 42, when, when finally Job and God have their discussion, Job repents of some of the things he said and had done wrong. Let me turn over there real quick. His very last chapter and God's already spoken to Job and his, Job's friends, and, and now, I'm sorry, not to his friends yet, but, but now Job confesses, and I want us to focus on verses 5 and 6, but let's read from verse 1 to 6 of chapter 42. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear now, and I will speak. I will ask you, and you instruct me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore I retract, and I repent in dust and ashes. And what he's saying there, what Job is saying is like, you know, I, I know I knew you, Lord, uh, in the sense that he heard, but now I truly see, not physically, but spiritually. He sees things better now than before. He didn't get the explanation. He never got told why these things happen, but he sees life from the perspective of God in a better way than he did before. But he could only get to that point. See, that's the ups and downs. He was at the down part on his faith, but he never lost faith. It was being challenged, but he got through it, and his strength is even stronger now than it was before. He now knows. I, I, <clears throat> I like going back to uh, chapter 19. I, I like what Job says there when he expresses his faith, and he said, I wish it was written down, you know, mark my words, I have a redeemer, I know my redeemer lives there in verse 25. 
And at the end of verse 25, he says, he will take his stand on the earth. That's a legal expression there. The revised English translation uh, translates that passage like this. I know that my vindicator lives, and he will rise last to speak in court. Job feels like he is on trial, and he's saying, I have a vindicator. He's telling his friends, i got a vindicator here that's going to rise up, and I'm speaking of God. He's going to rise up, and he's going to vindicate me. He's going to redeem me. He's going to deliver me. That's Job's faith. It's being expressed in the greatest of terms. And, of course, he didn't know or see everything. God came and kind of got on him a little bit for some of the things he was blaming God for. Yeah, Job, no. <laughs> and Job was like, oh, you're right. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I see things better now. Now, what I learned from this, well, you know, I, actually, wait, wait. Hang on. Let, let's, let, let's do this. Let's go over to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. This is Paul speaking to the elders of the church at Ephesus. And you may be thinking, why are we jumping over here, Chris? Well, just hear me out. Acts chapter 20, verse 32, Paul says to them, And now I command you, or I'm sorry, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. It is important, he's Paul is saying, it's important for you to ground your faith deep before the storm comes. If you wait till the storm comes, and then you try to anchor yourself, it's too little too late. It's like somebody who's on a ship out in the middle of the ocean, and the ship begins to sink. And they're thinking, whoa, we're, we're sinking. I better learn how to swim real quick. <laughs> yeah, you better, but it's too late, I think. You really think someone's going to learn how to swim in just a few minutes or a couple of hours? They're toast. I mean, maybe, but not likely. You think your faith is going to would get you through the trials and the tribulations that Job went through? Huh. You bet. You better know that Job had prepared his faith for that day. How is your faith? How strong is it? Could you get through the trials that Job went through to lose everything in a matter of? like an hour, maybe minutes even, when he heard everything. And then his children. And then his wife. Oh, here comes his support group, his friends. Well, they weren't very good support, were they? There was only one thing in life that he could be sure of, and that was God. Jesus said when he was praying to the Father, sanctify, this is John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. When the storms come and the winds blow and when we lose our possessions, when we lose our family, when we lose our wealth, when we lose our health and everything that's dear and important to us, when our friends turn to us and accuse us of wrong and we have no support system, we can hold steadfastly to the concept that we know that this must be true, that we know that God's word is truth and everything else may fail in this life. But this much we know. What I read in the Word is truth. Do you remember the 
the man who was cured of his blindness in John chapter 9, and, and the, the leaders of the synagogue were upset about that, and they kept calling him and his parents and asking about this and asking about Jesus. And they, they say, uh, uh, they asked him, the blind man who was healed, about whether or not Jesus was a sinner. And he says there in verse 25, I don't know anything about that. But this one thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. That's what Job was saying in chapter 42. I was blind, but now I see. Now, he had strong faith. He didn't understand what was happening, and he was frustrated. But at the end, when God did did talk to him, God let him see, gave him spiritual insight there. Not of why it happened, but let him see things from God's perspective. And he's like, you know what? I heard a lot about you, but now I see. I was blind, but now I see. I don't know why it happened. I don't understand, but I don't need to. In the midst of the storm, we, like Job, can reach out and grab a hold of something that we know to be truth. And we know his word is truth. We know this principle, that God is still on his throne. He is in control, Revelation 4. I know this one thing. I can read the scriptures and hold to that faith for dear life. Do I have control of what's going on in the world? Nope. What about the uh, COVID-19? I have no idea. Is it going to kill me? I don't know. It it seems to be indiscriminate. Well, Chris, it it only affects like 1% of the population. That's that's true. But who's the 1%? It could be anybody. I've seen people who are old die from it. I've seen people who are in like over 100 Catch it and do just fine. I see younger men who are healthy and great shape get it, and man, it's horrible or they die. Who knows? I don't know. Well, I'm going to go get the vaccine. Well, Chris, we don't know much about that. Well, I don't know much about anything. I don't know much about anything. There's one thing I do know. God's in control. If God wants me to die by COVID-19, well, then that's what it's going to be. If God thinks maybe, well, Chris, it's time for you to go. It's going to be by the vaccine. Well, then that's what it's going to be. Or if God doesn't want me to die, well, then that's what it's going to be. I'm going to trust in the Lord. I want to trust in the Lord, like Abraham did. He didn't know how things were going to work out, but he knew God would make them work out. God told me, if I hold fast to his, the word of his son, I will have eternal life. And in that, I trust. And I hope you do too. Thank you for being here. May the Lord bless you in your day. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ.